Welcome to the Word of Life Tabernacle Podcast, where we know one word from God can change your life today. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, welcome again, members, partners, covenant friends, those of you that are streaming wherever you're streaming from, whether it's at home or around the United States or somewhere else in the world, praise God. And uh, we are just excited about what the Word of God is doing in our lives, and uh, we want to remind you, praise God, that God is doing great things right here at Word of Life Tabernacle. We do have limited capacity now, and what I mean by limited capacity, we're to the place where uh, if you desire, if your comfort zone is to come to church and you desire to come, we do have the temperature checks, masks are required, and there's plenty of room physical distance in here, not to mention the sanitation and sanitizing the church. So we're doing all those things in the natural. So you don't have to call the church, make appointment. Right now, everything is working fine. The numbers are balanced out. But on the other hand, there are people who may be older, people who might have challenges with their immune system. You do what is comfortable for you. Don't feel obligated to do anything, praise God, uh, that you feel is uncomfortable. main thing is you're getting the word of God. So again, we welcome you wherever you're at. I want to remind you on Tuesday night again, live streaming starts at 7.30 sharp. Church, limited capacity is here. Same procedure we just uh, mentioned. Praise God, come a little before 7. We'll start streaming. Uh, just bring me down just a tad. We'll start streaming at uh, 7.30 sharp. Thank you. So those of you that have your Bibles, we're going to get right into the Word of God. I want to teach a message called Christians Under Construction. Christians Under Construction. The real truth is, God is going to be working on you and I until Jesus returns. And you're going to have to learn how to be patient with yourself because God is going to be patient with you and I. He won't give up on you, so don't you give up on him. We don't reach perfection. We used this scripture on last week. Paul said, not as though that I have attained perfection, neither was already made perfect. He said, I'm not perfect yet, but this one thing I do, I forget about my past, those things that are behind me, and I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. So Paul was talking about Christianity was an ongoing thing, Christians under construction. What the enemy tries to do the most is discourage Christians, born-again believers, once you get saved, he didn't want you to get saved, and so he'll try to remind you of your mistakes and, and failures and shortcomings and just say, man, well, you ain't going to never get it together. You know, God going to give up on you. And the truth is God never gives up on anyone, particularly a Christian. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. What he started, he will finish it, praise God. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lord, I'm with you to the end of the world. Even as there is a pandemic, I'm with you. This world has not ended. I'll, I'll be with you through the fire and through the flood. So I want you to look with me, those of you that have your Bibles, at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. We're talking about Christians under construction. Verse 8 says this, For by grace 
are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. That's so very important. The grace of God through faith. Grace is God's unmerited favor. He says in verse 9, not of works. If it was you living better than me or you being mistake free and I'm making mistakes, it was in the works who read the Bible the most, who did good deeds the most. He said, then we could boast. But he said, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we, look at verse 10 very carefully, are his workmanship. We are his workmanship created. I like to use the word recreated because that's what happened in Christ Jesus. Isn't that right? We came broken, turned, torn, battered, but we came to Christ and he recreated us. So we are his workmanship. I want you to get that part. My fact said with me, I'm God's workmanship. I'm his creation. Now, do you believe that? I'm God's workmanship. If you're in Christ, he said, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto not bad works, good works. Good works. Which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, before I got born again, I was on the streets of High Point doing drugs and alcohol and drinking quaaludes and all that type of thing. But I want you to know, praise God, once I got born again, I stepped into those good works, my true purpose in life, which God had before the foundation of the world. In other words, you might have a rough beginning, but you can have a good final outcome. That's what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. We are Christians under construction he's still working on you that's gonna continue right up to the day that jesus returned hallelujah jeremiah 29 11 i know the thoughts that i think toward you thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a good final outcome or expected end so you might have had a rough beginning but god says if in me you can have a good final out outcome i love how the Amplified puts this is very pregnant. So let's put this up in the Amplified Bible and let's break it down. Verse 8. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor that you are saved. Watch this. Delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. That through your faith, that is salvation, is not of yourselves. Uh-huh. It is through your faith, not of yourselves. In other words, of your own doing. Now, that don't mean we don't strive to do what's right. That don't mean we don't strive to be like Jesus. It just means that in that striving, when we come up short, it's still by grace. In other words, nobody was good enough to be saved. There's nothing you did. It's what Jesus did. Unmerited favor. He went to the cross in spite of our shortcomings. He said, it's not of yourselves, your own doing. It came not through your own striving. But it is the gift of God, not because of works, the fulfillment of the law and its demands, lest any man should boast. If it's my works, then you can say, I've been to church. You didn't go to church. I didn't cuss this week, but you did it one time. I paid my tithes. You, we get into works. I'm an usher. I'm a deacon. I do this for the church. I went out and I, I, I you know, raised money for the church. Wait, you can't work your way into heaven. He said, if so, you should boast. It is not a result of what anyone can possibly do. Now, that don't mean we don't strive to serve God, strive to please God. It just means that when we fall short, you got to remember, you're still a Christian under construction. 
Ain't nothing that you can do. So no one can pride himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm walking with the Lord. I'm walking so close to Jesus that the devil don't even bother me no more. How, what? The devil don't bother you? No. I, well, I had coffee with Jesus this morning before I came to church. And Satan was not at the table. Oh, my God. You're greater than Jesus. He bothered Jesus. He don't bother you. No. Well, I heard what one person say, and I don't know if this is your case. He said, if you never had a face-to-face confrontation with the devil, it could be because y'all go in the same direction. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he don't need to bother you. But no one can pride himself or, or, or take or give glory to himself. All the glory go to God. Glory to God, he saved me. Hallelujah. Look at verse 10. For, for we, we are God's own handiwork. I want you to get that. I'm going to go and tell you something right now, what he said in Genesis. Because, see, we think about ourselves. We have a tendency to look at all the negative things about ourselves. What we don't like about ourselves. Right down to the physical thing. I wish my nose was small. I wish my legs were this way. I wish my, I didn't have such fat legs or my waist was this size. And particularly in this world where everybody glorifies the body, when you have all of these, these magazines that have these perfect uh, computer altered pictures and we get this idea that you want to be like that. And if you can't be like that, you're coming up short. I mean, everybody advertises something that's perfectly shaped and perfectly this and, and the world glorify the body. But let me tell you something, praise God. We are still God's workmanship. And you got to learn to love yourself because God created you and everything God created, he said, it's good. Amen. It's good. God, it's good. I think it was NDRE wrote a song about him, not the average girl in your video. And I'm saved. Don't be, don't be looking at me like, how you know that? Because I, I live in the world, and I've heard the song. And she talked about, you know, my lips, my thighs, my hip, my eye. Everything God gave me is just fine. You got to learn that. Why? Because I'm God's own handiwork. Mm-hmm. His workmanship. You might not like what you see, but God loves what he sees. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His workmanship recreated. See, not, not just, he, he didn't just create us. He recreated. He took the same broken vessel and said, give it to me. I'll take it. I know the world don't want it. I know y'all gave up on, on Ronald did, but give me an eye. He recreated. He didn't take a new life. He took the same life and said, I'm going to take something that's torn and tattered and bruised and make something beautiful out of it. Do I have any witnesses out there? He recreated, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. That's when it happened, when I got born again, born anew, 1974. That we may do those good works. Now, here's the amazing part. Was God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Before you even got saved, before you was even born. That we should walk in them, living the good life which he has prearranged and made ready for us to live. There was a good life waiting on me. 
But long as I was in the streets of Harpoon doing drugs and alcohol and at the party and the rap concert and all this stuff, I, I, I was taking the wrong path. Someone said, well, why didn't you have a good life? It was already prearranged. Because there are paths. And the path was not to the ABC store. I ain't talking about to learn your ABCs either. The path was not to the dope house. I was taking the wrong path. The good light wasn't waiting on me in there, but a gun was. Drugs was. I mean, you know, that the paths start when you get saved. You say, well, what are the paths? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my... When I start living by the word of God, reading my Bible, I begin to find out the paths that God had already preordained. That I was called a pastor, called a priest, called to help people. Not to just be a drug addict, not to just be some guy on the street, party, not to be just some guy Ronald did. See, the past is when I got in the word. Lord, order my steps in your word. And every time I found out, read my Bible, found out, renewed my mind, I began to take those paths. Do I have any witnesses? The more paths you take, the better your life got. It's a process. Amen. But notice that the paths were prearranged ahead of time. In other words, God has a good plan, listen to me, for everyone's life on this planet. Yeah. The path was planned ahead of time. It's a good, that's his desire. God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. But people won't repent. Salvation's been preached. Jesus shed his blood. The price has been paid for the good life, right? Why is not everyone having a good life? Because first of all, it starts with choosing Jesus. Second of all, then you got to order your steps in the word. That word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. And so when I was taking wrong paths, making wrong decisions, there is a way that seemed right on the man, but in the end, it was leading to death. Until I got on the word of God, I started reading my Bible, my life got better, my life got better. I began to understand who I was in Christ. I began to understand my call, what God had called me to do, not only just to preach, the pastor, and help people praise God, but that life was already prearranged. Amen. So no one life is a mistake. See, we, you, you, we're Christians under construction. You made, you made it, took some wrong paths, made some wrong decisions. There's, I know I'm talking to someone at home. I'm talking to someone somewhere in another state. You feel like, man, I just, my life is too far gone. No, 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 no. Ain't no such thing as too far gone. Because the good life was already prearranged. What you're going to have to do is do what the prodigal son did. Just because you made a mistake don't mean you have to stand that mistake. He went out and he left his father's house and spent all his money on riotous living. Found himself slopping hogs, living a life of drugs and party. And, and, and the Bible says he had wasted all the substance. He didn't have no money. And he found himself slopping hogs. How many of you know just because where you are is not necessary who you are? <laughs> you might be in a rough place right now, but he was still, hallelujah, the son of his father. And he came to himself. 
He said, wait a minute, there's a good life. I might have made, took a wrong path, but I, I, I don't have to stay off of this path. How many of you know God do allow U-turns? You can turn around, it's called repent. And he said, I will go to my father's house where the good life is. In my father's house is joy. In my father's house is peace. So what am I trying to say? If you're not having a good life, don't knock yourself and beat yourself up. You're a Christian under construction. Notice we are his workmanship. He's still working on you. Still working on me. You might not like what you see. I think Pastor didn't need to do this. I think, but wait a minute. First of all, I'm his workmanship. You sweep around your own front door. Don't, don't worry about, you clean up your own house. I went to your house and I saw some dirty clothes and toenails in the cup and Cheeto sack and all types of soda cans. Don't worry, you get your house clean. Cause he working on me and let him work on you. See, uh, uh, you know, it's an old adage, Lord help me keep my nose out of other folks' business cause that God, that's God. That's between them. And it's amazing, you, we think we can judge somebody. And then God, they wind up being a preacher, being called. There were folks in the, in the, in the world. When I, was, when, I, when I was, before I got saved, I was the least likely to succeed. Diggs, Ronald Diggs. You talking about the Diggs with the crazy afro? You talking about the Diggs that pull out the hand grenade and try to blow up the YMCA? Yeah, yeah that Diggs. <laughs> and that's just one of the crazy things I did. And all the time, God had this good life for me, but I'll make a wrong decision. And so I want to say to you, whoever you are, your life is not a mistake. All you got to do is turn. Get in the word of God. Don't you give up on yourself because God definitely will not give up on you. Say with me, God is still working on me. Say, I'm his workmanship. Say, I may not be what I want to be, but I thank God I'm not what I used to be. Amen. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. See, I'm his workmanship. You can't see the end of the book because you ain't read the last chapter. But he knew me before. He know how I'm going to turn out. So please be patient with me because God ain't through with me or you yet. When God gets through with me, I'm going to come for preaching in the pulpit, teaching the word of God, hallelujah, transform, because I'm his workmanship, and he's recreated me, and we are all a work in progress. Put up my, my first statement. You are God's workmanship, handiwork, recreated in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Remember he said the good life, which he prepared ahead of time, taking paths that lead to the, let me ask you at home and you just here present with me, how many of your lives have gotten better since you got in Christ Jesus? Well, that don't mean you're going to get, it just means your life get better. It keeps unfolding. It's a process. You didn't mess it all up overnight. Did you? Come on. And you ain't getting out of it. It's amazing how people mess their life up. Drugs, alcohol, go to jail, get a criminal record, do all of this stuff. Mess their life up. Then they get saved. They spend 20 years destroying their life. Then they want God in one week to do like magic. Poof. Make everything disappear. See, you got to be committed. We're a work in progress. I was a work in progress. You're a work in progress. Hallelujah. And I'm his workmanship. 
So you are God's own handiwork recreated in Christ Jesus for a good life. For a good life. A good life. Jesus said the thief came to kill, steal, and to destroy, but I am come that you have, might have life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. Now, Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14. Then we're going to look at Genesis 123. Look at Psalms 39, verse 13 and 14. Always write down these support scriptures. They're very important so when you get home, you can go back because they're going to go along with, with the scripture I'm teaching them. Look what Psalms uh, 39, verse 13 and 14 says. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me. He said, in my mother's womb. God had you covered in your mother's womb. Look at this. Verse 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My life ain't as jacked up as you think. Listen, let me, let me tell you. So he said, I will, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. He's talking about you. And my soul know it right well. Listen, you might have not done everything right, but you ain't done everything wrong either. And what we have a tendency to do is get all the negative things, the negative decisions. We forget about all the good things we've done, and then we let the enemy play with our mind. But God says, you, God gave some thought before he made you. No two people have the same DNA. He said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's only one Ronald Diggs. You're unique. I'm unique. Thank God for the preachers, national preachers. I start calling that name. But I learned that there are certain things that God created me uniquely to do, and I have to learn to celebrate. I had to learn to celebrate my own uniqueness. This is a job for Ronald Diggs. Not this national preacher, not that preacher. See, you got to learn to be happy with your own life. If you can't be happy with your own life, then you can't, you're going to mess someone else's life up. You don't need to get married because you ain't even happy. If I get married, means get me a man. Now you're going to bring him down. He's going to be sad and depressed just like you because you ain't happy yet. You think that man going to make you happy. Just because he drive that car and got a house and you gonna, he going to lose the car and drive, he's still mad. Or vice versa. You think that woman going to marry? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Ooh, Jesus. Lord, did you see that lady? Lord. You, woo. 36. 24. 36. Lord, have mercy. You talking about a Coke bottle. And you see, you're basing it all on the flesh. You know you ain't going to be happy. Because if you look closely, the bottle is empty. I didn't, I, you see, she, you, she ain't going to make you happy because she got issues. A lot of times we're trying to lead somebody. Hey, look, you better hold on. You better, you better secure what you got. Because sometimes you got what you wanted, but you lost what you had. And you said, you want my praise God, I'm going to trade this in. And you've been with something good. It wasn't perfect, but you thought you could do better. And the grass is greener over next door. And you got over there and found out that was artificial turf. You found out, dog, I got to mow this lawn too. They guys, woo, let me go back. No. So you got to learn <laughs> to be happy with you. If you can't go to movie by yourself and enjoy it, you don't need me. 
See, when you're confident in who you are, you can go, I, don't, I ain't got to have no date. I'm just going to the book. Who you will? Myself and Jesus. I'm going to see the same book. I'm going to see Denzel Washington. I don't need nobody because I'm happy. So God says you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Put this up and amplify it. For you did form my inward part. God, God was knitting you together. Look, 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 hold it right. You knitted me together in my mother. So when Ronald Diggs was in Clara Diggs' womb, it wasn't just George Diggs. He was working on me then, my personality, my brain, my character, the whole description. He was knitting me. Listen, no two people have the same DNA. I'm trying to show you your uniqueness, praise God. And you need to celebrate your uniqueness. God just didn't kind of, it wasn't just, just, you know, I'm going to say something, and, and I'm sure that will quote about that. And I say it with all respect. But you know, when mom and daddy was making a baby, there's thousands of sperms that released. But God knew the right one to meet that egg, that knit. He said, no, it's got to be this one. Because this is the one that's going to hold to the scripture. This is the one that's going to give him the ability to preach and teach. This is the one. Not just me. Everybody in here. Your life is not a mistake. God says, I was dealing with you from your mother's womb. Come on. Next verse. He says, I will confess and then praise you. You are fearfully and wonderfully. For you are awesome. That offered me awesome wonder at my birth. Wonderful are your works, and that is my, my inner self knows, right? When you got to know, I like to say, you got to know for yourself who you are. So I've already been validated by God. Huh? If anyone makes you feel inferior, that's your fault. Because God says you're superior, you're unique. And no one, no man or woman, that's why you ain't shouldn't marry, even be dating no one that want to bring you down. That's why the Bible says don't even date a man that don't know Christ. Because he says, husband, love, 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 love your wife, even as Christ loved the church. And if he don't know how to love, love, how Christ loved the church, he don't know how to love you. No man never hated his own flesh, but cherished it. So because he ain't happy with himself, he always, well, you ain't that yourself. Look at you, not me. I might have a bit look at you. Your mama was head crazy. He always bringing you down to make you feel like you ought to be glad that I want you. That's because there's something wrong with him. Don't let somebody pull you down because something wrong with you, with him. So misery love company. So you're going to make me feel like I should be blessed with this abuse you're giving me. Oh, Lord, I'm, I don't, ooh, I'm somebody at home. Oh, no, you're unique. You're unique. Hallelujah. You're not just a rock on top of the ground. Come on. Come on, anyone can find a rock. Any guy made a rock everywhere. But you got to dig for a diamond. I say, you got to dig. Baby, look, do you want me? Hallelujah. God made me. I'm wonderfully made. I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost. I got the mind of God. You have to dig a little bit. First of all, do you have a J-O-B? Do you have a job? Because you can't even talk to me. Do you have a car? Oh, no, no. The bye, bye. You ain't even got a car and job. You can't even talk to me. You think I'm going to walk with you, get on the back of your bicycle and ride? But there's some women so desperate, they just get on the bike, leave here, man. No, 
You need to know you're wonderfully made. Well, that's, that came right out of the gate. I mean, bam, we out there and everybody woke up now. Jesus. Oh, whew. Hallelujah. So God didn't make any mistakes. I want you to go with me to Philippians chapter 1. We're talking about God's workmanship. We're talking about Christians under construction. He's still working on me. Don't let the enemy convince you that your life is beyond repair. I don't care who you are. Some of y'all knew me, B.C. <laughs> I heard Denise laugh. I heard Rabbit laugh. I heard a lot of them. Oh. Man, they, they know. They know. Y'all, y'all, that, that's God up there on that state. Because what we see to what we see now, who would have thunk it? That's why you had a big gulp out there. They come out like, oh, Jesus Christ. Did the did we do? But you see, God knew. He had a plan, just like he got a plan for your life. Even those that have died without him, he had a plan. They just never accepted Christ. It was in Christ Jesus for a good life. That's what's so sad. That's why we got to do the work of evangelists. Let people know that everyone life have value. Everyone life have, have, have worth. Amen. Yeah, give God some praise. Amen. Now. Look at Philippians, because we're talking about Christians under construction. So we're a work in progress. You know, a lot of folks going to try to knock you out, knock you down, tell you what you ain't, and what you did, and so-and-so, and so-and-so, and, you know, play God in your life. But you got to know, no, 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 God started this thing in me, not you. Hallelujah. Look at Philippians chapter 1, look at verse 6. If you have it, say Amen. I want us all to read it together. Ready? Verse 6, read, King James. Being confident in this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Read it again. Being what? Confident of this very thing. You got to be confident that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day that Jesus returns. Are you confident in that? Even when you make mistakes, even when you sin, even when you fall short, even when you blow it. I mean, you know when you blow it, man, the accuser of the brother come in. You dog, you. How you gonna go to church where you were last night? Laid up in the club with a bud light. And you got the nerve, yeah, drunk, yeah, drunk as a skunk. And you gonna come up in church, up in here, in this holy place. Yeah, I repented. And his mercies are new every morning. I know it was wrong. And I'm not justifying saying, there you go again. Pastor, you preach like that. You gonna give people a license to sin. You've been sinning without a license. I ain't gave you no license. So don't put it on me. I'm trying to show you how to wake the right. I'm trying to tell you don't quit. I'm trying to tell you you're still under construction. Now, you should have been overcame drinking and those main things. I'm talking about stuff like the character of Christ and all. You should be. We got to still work on that temper, the character of Christ, discipline, long-suffering, patience, unforgiveness, stuff like that. 
I mean, if you're still struggling with drinking, then you need to go to AAA. If you've been, say, nine years and you still drinking, talking about, I hear I'm, I'm under construction. Now, you just like to drink. You ain't under construction. You just like to drink. So you need, <laughs> you need some help in the natural and some prayer power. So, I ain't judging you. I'm just saying that, you know, I'm just trying to tell you. There's some things in Christ you do overcome now. I ain't talking about this stuff where, you know, you know, you, you know. You still, you're smoking marijuana and doing drugs. And you've been saved seven years. But every now and then, you know, Pastor, I, I just, you know, my, my nerves, my nerves. The, doc, the, the, the doctor put me on medical marijuana. He said it would calm my nerves and, and help me through the day. And, 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 and so this is medical marijuana. It just, it soothes me. <laughs> Helps me rest. Well, let, let's see why like you're resting all the doggone time. Because every time I see you, you got a joint in your mouth. Your car smell like reefy, your house smell like reefy, your clothes smell. And you on med medical? You sure you're not just hooked on marijuana? See, that's what I'm talking about. You know this strange difference. I ain't talking about folks who's trying to use the scripture to justify their mess. And then you're going to go find the scripture. But you know, Pastor, the, the Bible did says in the book of Genesis, everything God created, he said he made it herb and creeping. And he said the herb was good. He wasn't talking about that type of herb. So what I'm trying to show you is that this good work. I'm messing with you, but the truth is, this good work keeps me gone. I love God. I hate sin. I'm not trying to sin. I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to hide from sin. The Bible says, "Awake to righteousness and sin not." When you really love God, you got His nature. You don't want to do nothing to hurt the heart of God. But I'm talking about just these flaws, and when you do fall short. And other people want to make you feel bad because of your failure, because of your attitude, because you got a little anger, because you did something wrong. And they want to remind you, you know, we need to watch that stuff, how we accuse folks, because that's part of the devil's ministry. He's called the accuser of the brother. And if you always just bring an act and say, I heard, and somebody told me, and she said, he said, do you realize you're operating in Satan's ministry? Have you gone to them and prayed for them? Have you gone and asked, can I pray for your weakness? I, oh, oh, no, no, I'm just, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being, keeping it real. No, you're just so strike. Because if you really care, the Bible says go to them and them alone. Jesus said that. If a brother be overtaken and fault, ye which are spiritual, ye who talk in tongue, ye who dance and, and slide across the floor praising the Lord, you who sing in the choir, you who, come on, who usher deacon, Restore such a one and do it in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself that you also be tempted. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say at the end of the day, ain't nobody got to stand before you. They got to stand before Jesus. And you're not God in anyone's life. So all I know, you got to be confident that this thing that has started in me, God is going to perform it right up to the day of Jesus Christ. Put up my, my statement here. 
God will never, ever give up on you. So don't you quit on him. I don't care who said what. I ain't justifying sin. No, I didn't say that. Shall we continue in sin? Come on, I know the scripture. God forbid. God says no. That don't mean where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. That don't mean go on and just sin, sin, because God will give you more grace. No, what he's saying, grace is an empowerment. Grace is anointing. Where the temptation to sin is, God will give you the grace to say no, the drug, alcohol, whatever it is. Are you listening to me? So we're not preaching. We're preaching balance here. We're talking about the power of Christ. Great is he that's in you than he that is in the world. But on the flip side, I'm saying when you've done your best, and you come up short. God will never, ever give up on you. So don't you give up on him. That's what Gary used to sing on the choir. Don't give up on God. Because he won't give up on you. Are you listening to me? I can hear his voice right now. And that's a true statement. That's what the enemy wants you to do. Quit. Why? You're frustrated with yourself. You're frustrated with life. You're frustrated with this pandemic. I ain't even going back to church. You just done got comfortable. And when I say that, members, I ain't trying to make nobody feel bad. I'm just talking about people, other folks. Okay? So don't take stuff personal. No, see, there you go. I done told you, you do what is comfortable to you. I love you. Joyce love you. Nobody expect you to do nothing to jeopardize yourself, your children, or your family. I ain't going to keep saying that forever. But what I'm trying to say with the enemy at the other point is there are a lot of people who've gotten lazy. They ain't read that Bible. They ain't did. They done got so, so caught up. Then you start making a mistake and you wait away from the live anointing. Then the enemy comes in and begin to remind you of who you think you are. God is, God is tired of this mess. No, no. God says I'm his workmanship. I'm a Christian under construction. When we was constructing this building, it didn't happen overnight. It took a lot of time. There was obstacles. We hit wrong rocks. You had to lay the foundation. They had to get a big rock out of here. They had to do other stuff. They ran into different things they had to do and, and, and change things. In any construction project, they're going to be opposite. Has anyone ever built their own house? Yeah, put your hand up. Well, you know, there are some people that build houses. Well, it didn't. You, you always say, we're going to do it in nine months. What it take? A year and, and three months. Why? Because in construction, it's, it's, it's unexpected stuff that's going to happen. And in our life, Isaiah 46, 10, 9, and 10. See, what I like about God? God will declare your end from the beginning. Remember not things of old. Don't let the enemy bring out this particular condemning things. For I am God, and there is none else. I am God, there is none like me. Now, what, what makes God different from everyone else? This is it right here, declaring the end from the beginning. I can tell you, I can see your life how it's going to turn out. In the beginning, Ronald, did you were a mess. As some of you would say today, a hot mess. <laughs> you are a hot mess. Nobody saw in you what I seen in you. Not in your own mama, your family, but I knew you from the womb. And, and, and you was a work in progress. See, God just didn't start working on you after you got saved. By his grace and by the prayers of your other people, God had bumper rails around me. Mama was praying for me. I was doing my best to go to hell. 
But mama, mama would pray with like a little bump of God. The bullet to go this way. The knife will go that way. I wasn't there when the, car, when the real car wreck happened. The guys who, who died on, in the car, I, that night I went with those. Mama would pray. That wasn't coincidental. That's why it's so important to stand in the gap until you get enough sense to make a sensible decision. And mama would point her finger at me. And say, boy, I'm praying for you. That old bony finger. You know, my mama cut her finger off and, uh, in the door. She got it masked off in the door. She had pointed. It was a, like a nub. And you didn't know who she was pointing at. Because the nub would be crooked. And so she, boy. And it'd be, I remember talking about my mama. said, I'm going to get all y'all. We, we ain't know who. You talking about me? That, that nub. With it. <laughs> but thank God. God declared you're in before you ever had a problem. When, before you had the problem, God had the solution. He knew your weaknesses. He knew your mess up. He knew all of your, your hang up and said, guess what? I still want them. Give me that piece of clay. That, that piece of clay. I'm going to declare they're in from the beginning. Nobody else can do that. We judge people like by their past and their present. God got 3D, 3D vision. He know your past, present, and your future. He can see where you're going to end up. He, where you're going to end up. He see you overcoming every obstacle. He see you living a good life. He see you paying off your debt. He see everything he's declared. Hallelujah. He declared the end from the beginning. You will owe no man nothing but the love of him. You will have the title to your car and to your house. Why? Because I said so. Anything God said, you will, your healing will manifest. Even in a pandemic, it won't come now where you dwell because the blood has been applied to your house. And when the death angel, when the plague come, it can't touch your house or your children. And I'm saying that before the pandemic ever got here. I don't have any mercies. I'm God. Who's like come to me? I can tell you when this thing going to end. And I'm the only one who can tell you. I can tell you when you're going to walk in that new house and you get the new keys to that property that you're believing for. You're going to have some knock-ups and you're going to have some hiccups in between. But I've already planned the end from the beginning. A good final outcome. Hallelujah. I never said you weren't going to have any problems. I never said you wouldn't have any challenges. I just said it's going to turn out good if you don't quit. If you let me keep working on you. Because you're a Christian under construction. Woo! That's why he's called God. Everybody else, they just look at where you're at. You did this, you did that. And then they get in your path. And you just like you did. You just like your old mammy and your old daddy. He did the same thing. He wasn't lying. You just try. I can see the people. And they, you ain't going to never be nothing. They'll prove it to you based off of your past and where you're at right now. But God says, you know what? Give, it, give, give, give Ronald Diggs to me. Y'all can't see what I see. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, I got a jewel. I done found a man up to my own heart. Because this guy's crazy enough to preach anything I say. He's not afraid of religion. He's not afraid to swim upstream. He's not afraid to say what I say. At any cost, I've been looking for, that's a man at the model. He was saying that about me when I, was, when I couldn't even see it. 
Some of you wonder why I say stuff. And it's like, did he say that? God put it in me. Yeah, I said it. I can't believe he said that. That's why I'm up here and you not. Because you wouldn't have said it. You would have been, nah, they might leave and take their money with them. And I need that $2.50 and that lady with them big old, with that big old, with them big old nurse stocking. Shh, 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 And she leave with her two fifty. You know that nurse I'm talking about, them big old thick white stockings. You didn't saw them guy? You can hear them when they walk. Shh, 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 shh. All they paying is $2.50 and you worried about them. $2.50. See, so God knew that this boy will preach the truth at any cost. Democrats, Republicans, black, white, Baptist, Methodist, he going to tell the truth. See, because what you compromise to keep, you will ultimately lose. You compromising to keep that boy and doing stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing? Get to hold on to them, Garrett, and you better be glad I'm talking. I, I got seven other girls who want to talk to me. Say, you don't want to sleep with me. I can go get someone. You okay, no, go on. Get him your disease. I ain't got no time for that. The fact you got seven others. I ain't got no time to be, be the, the eighth. There's all types of pandemics going on. Diseases, I right, know you just go on. I'm, I ain't compromising. Oh Lord, <laughs> woo, Jesus! <laughs> See, just like that. See, you wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have said it. It's just the spirit of God in me. I'm like that. Bam! Is it where that come from? All right, go to Philippians chapter 2. See, your mistakes, while you turn there to the second chapter, verse 13, does not cancel God's plan for your life. I'm going to say that again. That ain't a statement, but it's a good, good phrase. Your mistakes does not cancel God's plans for your life. Remember, he had plans for a good life before you. Why? That you should, beforehand, that you should walk in these paths. If God was going to wait until we got perfect to use us, he wouldn't use nobody. There wouldn't be nobody in the church. There wouldn't be no preachers, no apostles, prophets, teachers, and all. See, you think just because someone got on that white robe with a cross on it and the blood dripping from, oh, and they preaching with that robe. Man, you'll be surprised what's going on under that robe. That ain't perfect either. I don't care how clean that robe is. That's why I don't even wear one. Number one, they hot. I don't really even like to wear a tie, but you know, this stuff is for television. So I ain't, definitely ain't gonna put on no robe on top of it. You know, you see that robe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, he perfect. No, he ain't. <laughs> he got some issues. So, if that's the case, no one would be preaching. If you don't believe me, ask Peter. Simon Peter. Remember him? Huh? 
He wasn't perfect. Well, he made some stupid mistakes. Cut off the high priest's ear, trying to protect Jesus. Can you imagine that? He gonna defend the Son of God. They come out to get him in the garden. They got some Peter pulled out a sword. Became violent, a violent Christian. <sighs> Cut off it. Jesus said, "Put up the sword. If you live by, you gonna die by." Huh? This is the same guy who said, "Now, Lord, I ain't like them other Christians. All others will forsake you, but not me." I will follow you to the cross. I will go to the cross. I will follow you to your death, Jesus. Not me. Not Jesus said, boy, before the cross go three times, you're going to deny me three times. Not me, Lord. And here they come out with the sword and the spear. See, never say never. Peter really meant that in his heart, but it's flesh. When them spirits, and they, they start saying, that surely you betrayed him. You, your speech betrayed you. Surely you were one of them. You, we saw you with him. And about the third time, he went to cussing. I said, oh, Lord, I'm not a mother of man. A cussing Christian. Made a mistake. Always make a mistake. But yet at the cross, after the resurrection, and, G, and Mary's out there and said, Rabona, Master, it's you. She said, don't touch me. But go tell my disciples and Peter. I still got a plan for him. He denied me, but you go tell Peter. Notice he separated Peter. He cut off the high priest's ear. He ran his mouth on the Mount of Transfiguration. Had to tell him to shut up and hear ye what does said. He made so many, can't you hear the enemy saying, God can't you, but he was still under construction. Go tell my disciples and Peter. Then I ascend to my God and your God. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter was there, praise God. And the same God that denied the Lord when the Holy Ghost hit on the day of Pentecost, he stood up and be the chief spokesman. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. See, God saw us in beyond his mistakes. And God sees you beyond your mistakes. He realized you're under construction. Just because folks gave up on you, I ain't going to give up on you. Just because your husband left you, I ain't leaving. I ain't divorced you, I'm married to you. Just because your wife left you, I ain't going nowhere. There's nothing like unto me. I knew they were going to get crazy before you married them. You said, Lord, why didn't you tell me? He said, I did, but you couldn't hear. You were blinded by love. You know, I love blinded. Eyes wide shut. I'm in love. <laughs> to that demon. Didn't you now? That demon was there. You just couldn't see it because you were in love. He was back there. You didn't give him enough time to get riled up. But even beyond that, that's what I like about God. Even the mistakes we make. The woman that had six husbands still had a plan. Come on. She was at the well, told her everything about her life, her mistakes, everything. She said, come see him. She said, she said, Lord, she said, he said, go, 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 go get your husband. And, 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 and the lady said, I don't have one. Jesus said, you got that right. You had six, and the one you're shacking with ain't yours now. But even with all of those husbands, she went and she drunk of that water. She never thirsted again and went and won a whole city of Samaria and a life Turned out good because she was a Christian under construction. 
Oh, Lord, I better, I better, I better read. I better, I'm, I'm getting behind. Let, let, let's finish this up. Philippians 2, 13. How many of you know sometimes you, you get tired? And sometimes you just don't feel like reading the Bible. I mean, I mean, real people, I won't hear no word today because I'm a little frustrated. You know, sometimes say this happened and that happened. And boom. And you said one more doggone thing happened and then it happened. Boom. And you just frustrated. You flusterated and all of them things. Yeah, I made up a word, flusterated. I know I heard what I said. That's beyond frustrated. When you get flusterated, you about ready to cuss now. One more D thing happened. Okay, but anyway, I know you don't cuss, praise God. Right. <laughs> Somebody said, not like I used to, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, I'm still, I'm, see, you said you're a Christian under construction, so that's, uh, you're working on that. I, I done got rid of the, I buried the book of cuss, I thought, but every now and then I have to dig it up. Now, you make me mad at it. Give me my shovel, with it? Okay, now, hallelujah. But guess what I like about God? How many of you know even in that state, when you want to give up, he won't let you give up on yourself? Look at Philippians 2.13. I love this scripture. And we didn't even do uh, Philippians 1.6 uh, from the Amplified, but that's okay. You got it, didn't you? I don't have to, I, do, 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 do we need to go back and do it? Well, well, y'all want to, okay, well, no, watch this. For it is God who is working where? Where is he going to work for? Inside. God got to stir you from the inside. Like some of you being stirred right now, since I've been preaching. Some of you at home, you've been stirred. You sit there and you're like, yeah, man, I'm just sure. I got to get myself. God, that's God. That ain't Pastor D. That's the Holy That's God. Hallelujah. Working, remember. He will perform this good work, working in you both the will to do his good pleasure. Look at this from Amplified. Not in your own strength. Sometimes it's like, forget it. I ain't preaching the hell with everybody. Someone said, are you cussing? No, I'm just telling the hell with everybody. That's an attitude. Yeah, come on. You just felt like that, I, you know, forget it. Just forget it. I'm tired. My finances, car, children, husband, crazy kids, crazy. I'm tired of this. Sometimes stuff gets stuck in your head. Now, y'all can be all deep and holy. Look at you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's something to be about ready to explode in you. One more thing now. They're going to have to call the EM truck up in here. Because I ain't taking this mess anymore. Come on. So I know some of you deep. I ain't saying you did it. I'm just saying, whoo, thank God. For the Holy Ghost. Thank God for, the, for what I didn't do. How many of you know you just sometimes one thought away from insanity? <laughs> Come on. I know y'all looking all deep. Not me. That, yes, you are. When that pressure is on you, it's like, all right. That old man you buried, you thought that the old man was in the coffin, them nails start coming back up. Uh, uh, yeah. You don't want to. And that's when all your strength gone. That's it. Just ain't nothing but flesh left. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while. Man, he, when I was down and out, feeling like effectually at work where? In you. 
energize it and create in you the power and the desire both to do the will and to do his work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and like hold that up there. Sometimes you lose your desire. I mean, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire cometh. Sometimes so many things can happen in a pattern. It's like, forget this. Nobody don't care. See, some of you think about yourself, but you got to remember, I got all of y'all. I got stuff that I can be dealing with families and this one and that one. And, and you get in a string of just crazy stuff happening in the ministry. And then you got pressures here and pressures there. And sometimes it's like, you know, and, and the enemy will start talking. Look, look at you. Look at Why don't you just quit? Why don't you just get in your car and drive to Jamaica and just smoke reefer the rest of your life and sing Bob Marley's song? I tried that way back in the... Don't look at me like that. See, see, I tell on myself to help y'all, and then y'all, y'all look at me like, what? Yeah, I'm going to quit. I told God I ain't preaching no more. I'm on my way to Jamaica. I was there headed 85 South. Don't ask me how I'm going to get Jamaica going 85 South. All I know, I was going there. I got as far as Greenville, South Carolina. God said, if you don't turn this car, the Holy Ghost convicted me. See, I wanted to make the people hurt like I was hurt. That was Saturday night. Sunday morning, they were going to all come to church just like y'all. Where pastor did? Where pastor did? Where pastor did? I wasn't even going to tell. He gone. Just y'all could have stayed till you figured out I ain't here no more. Maybe y'all would appreciate me. See, I was immature myself. And don't be looking at me like that. But um, I was a Christian under construction. But God began to energize, working me, putting back the desire, the will to do his good work. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Energize you. Put up my statement. I'm almost done. Come on. We got to break. Even when you want to quit, God will energize you from the inside. Do I have any witnesses out there? That you just felt like, I can't take this anymore. I'm tired of this. Lord, let this thing depart from me. And God has to speak to you and say, my grace is sufficient. And where your strength is gold, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And then you come to church. That's why it's so important to come to church. And you begin to hear a message like this and you get energized. You get that word begin to energize you. I thought about quitting. I thought about giving up. I thought it was all over. I mean, I went through this. I went through that. And the children acted this way. Just come through divorce. My ex messed up my credit. Blah, blah, blah. We got a pandemic. Za, za, za. All of this stuff going on. And it's like you lose the desire. But even when you lose your own desire, God won't give up on you. He said, I'm still working on you. I'm not going to let you quit. And boy, when I found this scripture, you remember Jeremiah, the weeping prophet? You remember Jeremiah? Jeremiah, but before you go to this, God told him, go preach and tell the people to repent. And he thought that, my God, they were going to repent and we're going to be a revival. And they wound up throwing him in prison. <laughs> Have you ever was believing for one thing and got the opposite? And Jeremiah was like, he told, I ain't going to show you all this. I'm going to just show you a part of it. He said, Lord, you deceived me. Yeah, we know God didn't see, but you thought everything going to be a flowery bed of years. There's going to be any problem. You thought marriage was going to be because the honeymoon was so sweet, and you before you got back, before, I mean, before the flowers died, that Negro started, well, excuse me, that someone started start acting up. 
and all hell broke loose. And you're like, dog. <laughs> Look, scripture reference. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Jeremiah said, he said, I ain't preaching no more. I've been there. That's why I don't feel so bad. He said, I'm not going to make mention of him no more, nor speak anymore in your name. I get, you, get you another boy. There's been times in my life I'm like, God, get somebody else. Because I'm tired. I'm tired of people. I'm tired of drama. I need rest. Elijah got so, so depressed. He said, I didn't kill me. <laughs> Boy, that is bipolar spirit, ain't it? One minute, praise God, he outrun the king church. I got there on the next minute, I want to die. Woo, wide range of emotions for a preacher. And Jeremiah's going through, he said, Lord, I ain't speaking no more in your name. But, see, this is what the Holy Spirit, his word, thank God for the word. Everyone say, thank God for the word. Was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary of forbearing. I could not stay. Look at this from the Amplifier. It literally says, I, I said I will not make mention of the Lord nor speak in his name anymore. But in my mind and in my heart, it was as if there was a burning fire shut up in my mind. That was God on the inside. Hallelujah. Energize you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I ain't going back to church, but the Holy Ghost say, get up and put your clothes on anyhow. He said, I'm weary of enduring. I can't hold it in. I cannot contain it any longer. Hallelujah. Let me shout. God is still good anyhow. I will serve the Lord from the rising of the sun. He said, I couldn't contain. That was God on the inside. Outside all this stuff, working against his mind, but inside, God recreating the desire. What is he saying? You're still under construction. Now, I like Jeremiah. We're going we're gonna to end up with Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah 18. So then put this, put, 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 put. <laughs> well, <laughs> go to Jeremiah 18. Look at 1 verse 6. We're going to end up with Jeremiah. Just let you know that God understands. Jeremiah was called a weeping prophet, by the way. Always the enemy was doing something. But he said, man. And I've been there. I don't know about y'all. Man, I, you know, just stuff frustrates you. I don't have to name it. Different stuff frustrates different people. Just when you thought things were going good, all help. And you're just like, man, you know, I don't, I, 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 I don't have to take put up with this. And you're right, you don't. You can quit. But God won't let you. He'll energize you from the inside. Hallelujah. He said it was like fire shut up in the bone. Now, we're right here in Jeremiah. Look at Jeremiah 18, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, this one on those low times again, saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there, where? Where? The potter's house. Where's the potter's house? Church. Now, I ain't, there again, I ain't trying to make you feel bad at home again, but that's why it's so important to come to church. Now, I know there's a pandemic. Stay home. That is your church right now. So don't be talking about pastor there trying to make me. No, 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 no. I'm just you preaching. But sometimes there are certain things other than the fresh anointing. Whether to assemble yourselves together with another. He said, there I will do what? Cause thee to hear my word. You can't hear it in that pity party on the couch eating potato chips and Kit Kats. 
And that's what they made do. You don't want to look at me on no television. You don't want to stream. You sitting at home, got you a bag of lays and got you some Kit Kat. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat box. See, you just. All right, whatever. He said, you can't hear nothing there. And so he went down. He got up, put on his clothes, and he went down to the potter's house, verse 2. And behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. And the vessel he made was made of clay. Mm-hmm. It was what? Marred. Sometimes it seems like our life is marred. Our dreams are shattered. It didn't go the way you thought you was going to. I done messed up. And God probably just going to give up on me. I just blew it this time. It was marred. What I like about it, in the hands of the potter. So he made it again another vessel. He, made, he took the same messed up clay. He didn't throw the clay away. And said, give me some new, I'm going to take that same lie. That vessel represents you. And he made again another vessel as it seemed good for the potter to make it. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Said the Lord, behold, as clear as in the hands, in the potter's hands, so are you in my hand. I'm working on you still. I ain't go. I know you messed up. I know you made a boo-boo. I know you blew it. But guess what? I'm going to rework it because you're my workmanship. I declared your end from the beginning. I'm not through with your life yet. I'm bigger than your mistakes. Put this up in the amplifier. And the vessel that he was making from clay was spoiled in the hands of the parlor. This is what I like. So... He made it over. Why I like to amplify, he reworking it. It's one thing to throw away the clay, throw away your life and say, guess what, I'm going to use someone else. No, Jonah, even though you disobeyed me and you reached, went down and you preached at Jop and not Nineveh, I'm going to rework you. It might tell you might have a well experience, but, but I, I'm not going to give up on you, praise God. You might get to swallowed up a little bit, but you ain't going to die. I'm going to rework. I'm going to take this same life because I'm not only the God of a second chance. I'm a God of a third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I will not give up on you. So I'm going to rework what the world says is messed up. You got caught for drunken driving. You got caught with drugs. You did something wrong. But that's okay. I'm going to rework. Samson, you played with the liar. You laid your head in a lap. You lost the norm, but I'm going to rework. I'm going to still use you to bring down these Philistines. He reworked it into another vessel. That seemed good to the potter, not to you. Why God still using sons after they did? Why he still on television? Because God is reworking something that you can't see. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? He's talking to you. In all of your mistakes, he said, can I still do with you? I know you blew it. I knew that before you made the mistake. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you in my hand, O church. Put up my statement. I'm almost done. So then God then is bigger than our mess mistakes. He can rework your life. And some of you know that everybody in here, all will say amen. Everybody at home, all will be up shouting, saying glory to God, preach pastor. Because you know that you done made some messes, some boo-boos. I'm talking about some stinking ones. I ain't talking about no, you know, when we used to change diapers, you know, the little, little, little boys out doing it, they might do a little pee-pee, but sometimes they have a boo-boo. Sometimes the thing would be so big, it'd be stuck. I'm talking about a big boo-boo. We done made some boo-boos. And God says, I'm bigger than your boo-boo. 
Now, here's the, here's the balance to that. They grew up. They wasn't boo-booing when they were still 7, 8, and 15. That boo-boo stuff going to stop. You understand what I'm saying? So God expects you to grow up. Even though you made a boo-boo. You're mature now. You've been in church 7, 8, 9 years. Take control over that temper. Take control over that work of the flesh. See? You got to balance everything out. Because some people, you know, I mean, if someone came here with a 15-year-old on their back and had a beard and had a huge pamp on them, huge pamp, stayed all out, big, big, big old rusty guy. And he got flies following him in the back. And everybody didn't you tell him, he done, y'all excuse him, he done boo boo. People look at you like, wait a minute. <laughs> so what I'm saying, God expects us to mature. <laughs> <laughs> He's bigger than your mistakes. He can rework. And thank God for it. That's called grace. Amen. Now, let's close with this real quick. So we have a little bit of time to let y'all out here early. Praise God. So uh, this is the potter's house. And we are work in progress. Now at home, God is working on you right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at Jeremiah 1. Let's close with Jeremiah 1. See, Jeremiah, he's good at this stuff. Man, he understood that, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian under construction. And so in Jeremiah 1, verse 4 and 5, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, before, before you went through the divorce, before your business fell, before you got on drugs, before you became an alcoholic, see, all this stuff, the bad things in your life, before you shot them and did prison time. Before, it, uh, there are no surprises. Before you was formed in the belly, I knew you. I knew your weaknesses, your strengths. I knew all of that stuff about you. I knew you were going to make mistakes before. See, a lot of times we knew before what people going to do to us, you wouldn't even mess with them. God says, I knew everything about you. Before thou came out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee as a prophet to the nations. Put this up in Amplified. He said, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew and approved. Now, I like that. I, I knew you're going to make some mess. He said, well, God don't love me no more. No, God said, I proved to you before you made your biggest boo-boo. Before you went through divorce. Before you got on drugs. He said, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument before you were born, separated, set apart, consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Praise God. So God, no one life is a, is a, is a, is a surprise. See, we think, oh God, I blew it. God said, I knew it before. But I'm expecting you to pick yourself up and let's finish this work. I'm bigger than your mistakes. Put up my, my, my last statement here. God then knew all about you before birth. Your weaknesses, he knew your failures, and he still approved of you. Wow, isn't that amazing? If you were going to marry somebody, that, that man that you divorced, that beat you and, and stole your money, if you knew he was going to do that before, would you marry him? No, you're like, man, God, I saw in the spirit. I'm getting rid of you because God showed me. God says, I saw in the spirit all y'all miss. But I still approved of you. Why? Wow, there's none like unto me. I'm God. I see what you can be, not just what you're struggling with now. And I not only, I, I approved. 
So our value and our serve, where our approval rating comes from God. You've been pre-approved by God. So God then, as we close, knew all about and still approved of us. And look at uh, Isaiah 49, verse 1, King James and Amplified. Listen a while unto me. Hearken ye people from afar. The Lord has called you from the womb. God says, I, I call you from the womb, Pastor Dick. I knew you were going to be crazy in high school. I knew you were going to do some crazy stuff, but I call you from the womb and from the bowels of your mother hath I made. <laughs> I was mentioning your name before anyone knew you. I had a plan for you. Hallelujah. Amplified. Listen to me, O, o, o I, owls and uh, coastlands and hearken unto me, you people, for, for all. The Lord has called me from the room, from the body of my mother has he named. I've been named by name. So God knew about all our mistakes, and you're a Christian under construction, and what God is saying, I ain't giving up on nobody if you don't give up. And people quit on God. At home, you pick yourself up, and you're in a backslider condition right now. I want you to pray this prayer. Yeah, right now, right now, right now. Just say it, Father, I confess my sin in Jesus' name. You said, if I confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Restore me back to fellowship with you. I receive your blood. I receive your grace. Thank you, Father, for not giving up on me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you start rejoicing. Don't you let nobody tell you God is through with you and you get back in church, praise God. Start reading your Bible again. God says, I'm married to you. You're still a Christian under construction. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Anybody get anything out of this? I trust you at home. Been blessed by the word of God.